Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us as we wind up today our series on worldview and how parents can teach a Christian worldview to their children. In our series, we've had seven questions that, when answered properly, will lead one to embrace a worldview. And I promised during this series that I would conclude with this eighth broadcast and highlighting some resources and some strategies for teaching worldview. But the first thing I'd like to emphasize to any parent who may actually have caught the vision on just how important worldview is for the faith and morality of their children, I want you to take a deep breath, okay? You don't need to freak out. You don't need to worry. You don't need to strive because really, as a parent, sometimes we put the whole weight on bringing our children to a strong, deep faith in God. We put that whole weight on ourselves. And and there is a weight that parents should have, but Jesus said his burden is easy and his yoke is light. And you might just think of this, that God loves your children much more than you do. And he's working with you and through you to build your children's faith. So rest in him, depend on his grace. Now, I'm going to start with the most important things you can do to teach your children a Christian worldview. And I just need to give you a little backdrop on this so you really appreciate what I'm about to say. I began my journey learning about worldview about 30 years ago by reading an evangelical book on worldview entitled The Universe Next Door by James Sire. Christianity Today voted it as one of the evangelical books of the year. And it's very interesting that after 50 years of studying worldview, James Sire has written another book on worldview entitled Naming the Elephant, Worldview as a Concept, and I'm going to share with you what he learned after 50 years of studying, researching, and writing on worldview, and I noticed in this latest book, after 50 years of diligent study of worldview, some of Sire's thoughts have changed, and here they are. I'm giving them to you. And he says this, worldview has been overwhelmingly detected and expounded using intellectual categories, yet they are tied to a lived experience and behavior. And I dare say, if you have ever heard of worldview, and you heard maybe even people on Catholic radio discussing worldview, it's kind of an intellectual exercise. And yet James Sire, after 50 years of study, has come back and said, no, worldview is tied to a lived experience and behavior. 
A second point, worldviews are best understood as we see them fleshed out in actual ways of life. They are not systems of thought. This is so revolutionary because, honestly, I have gone for about three decades thinking, yes, these are basically systems of thought. Well, they are systems of thought, but primarily they are not. They are really ways of life not systems of thought. If we just have abstract system of thought, then we can keep them compartmentalized in our minds and far away from our behavior on Friday and Saturday night. Our goal is a transformation of all of life. And that's why worldviews are best learned by seeing them in actual ways of life. Third, and these are all related, We gain our worldview by observing how we see others make decisions and act. So what does this say to me? It says one word, parents. You are the key to teaching worldview. God has put these children in your little nest called a home, and they are observing your behavior all waking moments. As they get older, they begin to learn how you even think. They learn how you're going to react in a situation. They're going to learn how you process making moral decisions. Even before you do, they have learned your worldview. And according to the man, more than any person I'm aware of, any Christian man, who has studied worldview and focused on it for 50 years, this is what he says. We learn it by observing and seeing others make decisions and act. So rather than coming up and being really worried about our kids, what does this boil down to? This is deepening our own appreciation of worldview and becoming in ourselves what we want our children to become. And really, this is the essence of Christian discipleship. It's called the power of imitation. St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, he talked to the Corinthians who were, who were Catholic converts living in the most sexually immoral city that I'm aware of in the entire Roman Empire. So how does he get these, these new Catholic converts to live a moral life? It's this, I urge you then, be imitators of me. He didn't send them a big, thick, 100, 200, 400 page book on theology of the body, as good as that is. He just said, be imitators of me. That's how St. Paul discipled with worldview the brand new believers in the most immoral city in the pagan Roman Empire. He says it again, same book, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 this time, verse 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And if you want to teach worldview to your children, parents, that's it. Just say, I urge you, be imitators of me and get on your knees. And, you know, sometimes God will answer your prayer. Sometimes he will not. You know, like, God, really change my kids. Change these kids. Get it into my kids. 
And, you know, you might have a lot more success by getting on your knees and saying, God, really change me. I am willing for you to really change my life, my thoughts, my morals, my decision-making processes. I ask you to build in me a Christian worldview. And that's just a wonderful thing to do. The second thing that James Sire came up with after 50 years of study, and these things just popped out in his new book when I looked at it. He says, we look at worldview as a way of life, like family life, folks, okay, that is bound up with seeing one's own life as part of a master story, a meta-narrative. And I don't know if you're aware, but the best story there ever was, it's in the Bible. It's the history of creation, our beginning, where we come from, the fall, the explanation of why things are kind of messed up in the world right now, why we experience suffering and death and sadness and crime and disease. And we have the story of redemption. We have the first coming of Christ. We now are living in the changed moment awaiting the second coming of Christ. That's the meta narrative. And the Bible itself can give a world view. And for that, again, start with mom and dad. If you want your kids to make a regular habit of digesting the truth of Scripture, why not start yourself? I would suggest the Ignatius New Testament and Psalms. It's a pocket-sized Bible, and the translation is the RSVCE, which stands for Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition. You're going to go to a Catholic bookstore, and they're probably not going to have it in there. Please do not come home with a five-pound Bible for your teenager. That I, you, know, you want something they will take with them. You want something that you will take with you. You're going to go to the doctor's office, and you know it's always a long wait. Take it along with you. Let your children see you spend some of your free time reading that Ignatius, New Testament, and Psalms, and not just swiping your phone. And you'll f- know when you find it, it's it's a blue cover, and you have the option paperback or leather, and I personally think for a few dollars more, the leather would be a very good option. Okay, that's the Ignatius RSVCE, New Testament, and Psalms. That's a take-it-everywhere-with-you Bible because worldview is just that. It's not something you just do in church. It's something for all of life. You want that Bible to go with you. Secondly, for younger children, there's a website entitled faithcomesbyhearing.com, and they have a kid's Bible stick. It's like a USB stick that has a little headphone jack, and they have on that stick 290 Bible stories plus 81 songs. So if you listen to a few Bible stories, you get a song, and you even get little earbuds included with this, and it comes in a couple of translations, the ESV or the new RSV, and that's fine. Just pick one. The bottom line is to get your kids listening. And They have both the one that will work on an iPad. I do not recommend that. You don't need a lot of glitzy visual stuff. You want the audio Bible stick from faithcomesbyhearing.com. 
because the word goes into the ears and then the mind will begin forming these concepts and it will really stick, okay? Now, as your children get older and for yourself right now, how are you going to explain all the different books of the Bible written over several centuries by multiple authors and it seems to be actually quite complicated what are you going to do? Where are you going to turn to get something that's not simplistic, but that's clear as a bell, simple to present the Bible themes, this meta-narrative? One of the two things that James Sire says you need to develop a worldview, where are you going to get that? Well, I'll tell you one day at the Franciscan University of Steubenville where Dr. Scott Hahn dropped his jaw as he watched his fellow professor, John Bergsma, highlight the major themes of the Bible using little stick drawings on the chalkboard. And Dr. Bergsma has written a book with those stick drawings with the meta-narrative laid out for you, mom and dad, for your teens, and for you, mom and dad, to teach your younger children. And that book is called Bible Basics for Catholics, A New Picture of Salvation History. And by the way, if you want a copy of anything and everything I'm describing today as these resources, all you have to do is send an email to askthehost at gmail.com and just say, I want the worldview resources or the worldview fact sheet or just type worldview, we'll get it and we'll get a PDF right back to you. And so you'll have the Ignatius Catholic New Testament in Psalms. You'll have the audio Bible stick from faithcomesbyhearing.com and you'll get Dr. Bergsma's Bible Basics for Catholics, a new picture of salvation history, that meta-narrative. Now, I'm going to mention three other resources, and again, askthehost at gmail.com. You need, as your children get older, and you need ways to defend yourself from the faith-eroding higher critical theories that have invaded both Protestantism and Catholicism. And I'll have three quick resources that you can understand that will greatly enable you and when your children get older to resist the rot that basically erodes faith as you develop your faith from Scripture. So anyhow, three things. The New Testament documents, Are They Reliable? by Dr. F.F. Bruce. And the second is a primer on divine revelation. A hundred questions and answers by Dwight Campbell, and by myself produced a, DV, a CD with a handout entitled "Did Moses Write the Pentateuch?" That's the first five books of the Bible, and again, that's question and answer format. And each of these three resources, again, you can get from AskTheHost at gmail.com. Any of these resources, you don't need a PhD in theology to understand, okay? They're written for just intelligent people who really want to bolster their faith, and these are things that erode faith. You need to be aware of them. Now, when we talked about worldview, I had seven questions that would 
basically highlight the major areas, or at least most of the major areas, for developing a worldview. And the first of those seven questions was, where do we come from? In other words, what is our origin? And it wasn't by random chance that I put that question first, because if you don't have a firm belief in a creator, an intelligent designer, the worldview collapses. All the other six questions basically implode. They become dust, and you need that one really reinforced, and that's what I want to spend some time with you. So, to reinforce that first question, which is going to be challenged in school systems, public and Catholic, because the majority of Catholic schools and colleges teach some form of evolution. Some straight evolution, some teach what's called theistic evolution. Uh, evolu theistic evolution is widely held by a number of very sincere people I'm just telling you, as I mentioned in that first worldview question, it's not going to hold up in the 21st century. It's maybe something that worked for folks in the 20th century. It's not going to work in the 21st. And in particular, uh, we're going to get into some advanced resources in a moment, but there's been some scientific discoveries that put intelligent design way, way ahead of theistic evolution for Christians. Now, in the handout that you're going to get when you request it from askthehost at gmail.com, I have categorized the resources as for first for young children, secondly for school-age children, third for high school students, and fourth for college students and for advanced studies. So you have the different categories. And what I have done is I put an asterisk by one resource, one strategy in each category. So you can just focus on that and you don't have to, again, you don't have to stress out and worry about getting all these digested at once. So let's first of all talk about resources for young children. Actually, uh, God's on your side here, all right? It's this. You simply need to teach your children to trust their intuition that all of life that they encounter is designed and has a designer. You know, the Wall Street Journal not too long ago had an article about atheists freaking out because the children of atheists were growing up believing in intelligent design, believing that things just didn't appear, but they had a design to it and, you know, kind of reasoning back. If it has a design, it kind of talks about a designer. And so the atheists came up with some resources to teach the children of atheists not to believe what their intuition was leading them to believe. And I must say, it, uh, it was working. They found they could educate it out of the children. Now, you would need to protect your children from that kind of rot, but you don't need any books at this. The book is just take them outside, take them to see a wonderful sunset, a beautiful mountain, a park, a bird. Um, I like these little um, 
$9.95 uh, kind of uh, low-power microscopes that kids can go out in the backyard, grab a whole bunch of things, and look underneath it and see all kinds of design there. In other words, you don't need a book for this. You just need to encourage children to trust their intuition. Now, if you really want to get going on this, there is a very unique scholar by the name of Douglas Axe and A-X-E, and his book, which is entitled Undeniable, How Biology Confirms Our Intuition That Life is Designed, that book is listed on your handout. Again, email to askthehost at gmail.com. But even better, perhaps, go and watch one of the one-hour YouTubes of Douglas Axe presenting his basic theory that we all have an intuition that all of life is designed. You spend an hour as a parent digesting that, because remember, you start with yourself, not your kids. You figure that out. And then you could just drop little comments. I mean, it's not like you have to sit down and slam your kids with a four-hour course, a four-year-old. But a four-year-old can have the intuition that life is designed, and so you can just simply encourage him and drop little comments here and there. That's an excellent thing to do for young children, okay? Now, as you move on to school-age children, there is a book entitled Purposeful Design, Understanding the Creator. Now, this book is simply an aid to continue what you started with your preschool children. In other words, Purposeful Design is a great picture book that shows all kinds of design in all facets of life and God's creation. And it's a good tool to use. The book is in limited supply, and the publisher and author are not intending to reprint it. So if you can get a copy, grab it. Okay. Another useful tool is a little booklet called The Case for a Creator for Kids by an author by the name of Lee Strobel. And then finally, a free resource from the think tank for intelligent design worldwide. It's a place called the Discovery Institute. It's a parent's guide to intelligent design. And the Discovery Institute has a free downloadable PDF for parents explaining what intelligent design is. And, and it might begin with school-age children, but even right through high school, you'll get the basic concept, concepts of what's involved in intelligent design. And again, the link, the hot link for that will be on your handout that you request from where? You know, askthehost at gmail.com. And then the final resource for uh, school-age children is a DVD entitled Living Waters, Intelligent Design in the Oceans of the Earth. Again, that's a DVD. And, you know, this is exactly the same thing that you're doing with very young children, with school-age children, when watching a DVD or watching even a YouTube of a uh, you know, animals or birds or penguins or whatever. It's just there's intelligent design in everything, and Living Waters is just going to explicitly pull that out for you, okay? Now you get to the really tough years, and this is where it's very critical. For high school students, the number one resource is a book entitled 
Defeating Darwinism by Opening Minds by Philip Johnson. This is a relatively small book written for high school students, but it requires thinking because it's going to show how Darwinism is illogical and it's taught by a professor of law and logic. And he shows that the evidence for evolution would not stand up for evidence being admitted to a court of law, defeating Darwinism by opening minds. And I have another book for basically using that book. It's called Tips for Teens on Intelligent Design. It's a study guide for high school students to use Philip Johnson's book, Defeating Darwinism by Opening Minds. Now for uh, college students, but I must say, high school students should study at least some of the college resources before setting a foot on a college campus. The number one resource is a DVD series entitled, Does God Exist? Subtitled, Building the Scientific Case by Stephen Meyer. This DVD series is the very best educational and faith-building tool for intelligent design. It's very highly recommended. Your students should basically view this series before they go to college. In fact, invite some of your teenagers' friends over, serve them pizza, and go through this DVD series. It's absolutely invaluable. And then on your handout, you're going to see a few other books, too, by Stephen Meyer, who's the man featured in the DVD series. Uh, These books are rather advanced. Uh, Stephen Meyer's books you'll see on your handout, but the DVD series, he's lecturing to young people, and it's on a very understandable level, and it's very well illustrated. And then there's a book entitled Darwin's Black Box, The Biochemical Challenge to Evolution by Michael Behe. And basically, like I said, theistic evolution might have been a nice stopgap measure in the mid-20th century, but science has advanced. The electron microscope has now allowed us to see inside the cell. And it's not a simple cell. It's anything but a simple cell. It's a highly complex machine, if I could call it that. And Behe shows that all the parts have to be working simultaneously in order for the cell to live. In other words, it can't evolve over three billion years or million years or whatever. That's Darwin's black box. But those are the resources. Send us an email to askthehost at gmail.com and we'll get you the resources for teaching worldview. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening episode 204 of Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.